0: Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: And if you ever want a championship opportunity, you better get in the back of the line. You overhyped rookie. Oh, oh Rousey takes down Bliss, and Ronda Rousey heard enough. Rousey provoked by the champion. This is inexcusable. What a minute. Rousey took out the general manager. You can't put your hands on Kurt Angle. Come on Plus with the briefcase, and Rousey Carter. And Ronda Rousey now. Rousey's lost it. Ronda Rousey incensed. Man, Ryan's when it's time to Again, it's on the rewinder up with John Pollock and waiting. The 18 that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewinder rock for Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewinder rock for Monday night on USA, now on the John and Wade, take the mic. Hi, everybody. John Pollock here, along with Wei Ting. We've had great days. We're doing wonderful, but we have tons of stuff to get into. Wei, uh, scale of 1 to 10, how's your day been? And then we, we just got to dive in because this, mm. is, this is the monster among podcasts, this show. We're, we're, it's not even one show. We're going to have a massive secondary show as well. It's, just, it's protruding. We're going to have to chop this
0: monster in half and serve them to you guys separately in two instances. Yeah, uh, oh my my day I would say uh, on a, sc- a scale of ten probably maybe
1: a six and a half. I'd say my day was a solid eight, though I did watch the 1991 pilot tag team, so uh, that brought it down a few notches. But that's Friday's news. Um, let's t- discuss quickly what is happening here at post wrestling this week. We have all our Money in the Bank coverage up from this weekend, where you've got shows reviewing Takeover. And the Money in the Bank itself—a very lengthy show that Way and I did—and uh, then tonight you're listening to this. And if you want more from us, if you are a member at any level of the Post Wrestling Cafe, you can go download it now. Uh, we have a our review a raw rewind a raw overrun show reviewing the new WWE 24 special on the Hardys and Way's Total Bella's review is back in our lives, which. I couldn't go two Mondays without Wei's thoughts. So I'm excited, Way, to go listen to this show myself. Well, I contemplated
0: doing the show actually from the road, but uh, the scheduling didn't work out. And I, I guess I just really... I wanted a week where I could just sit back and not take notes and just enjoy the show. But uh, people will be
1: happy to know that they didn't really miss anything last week. This one, though, was a big one. Maybe, oh, I'm excited. Colors. I have no clue what happened. So I'm, I'm at the edge of my seat Ugh. awaiting your review. Uh, then later this week... Uh Wednesday uh, we will have uh Thursday, I should say we will have up next with Braden Harrington and Debut Boy Portman, who joined me in this uh, on this very show last week way yeah yes, he did a great job. Friday we've got rewind Away where we will be reviewing the aforementioned tag team a pilot starring Jesse Ventura and Roddy Piper. As two wrestlers that are blackballed from the industry that they earn a living. And they become cops.
0: Yeah, this was something that I really um, was not aware even existed. Until uh, Chris from LA, our uh, executive patron for this week, uh, decided to choose this show. And uh, you've already watched it, John. Um, can you give us maybe a, a quick quick uh, assessment
1: of what you thought? No you you've okay. got to wait for friday got it, cool. it it's uh i i uh, there are was it
0: good was it bad was it you know how did it in one word okay tell me
1: in one word it was unique okay you know what's great about it is uh you can watch it on youtube and it includes the commercial breaks and that's my spoiler that is the highlight Oh, the commercials! Gotcha. I I am going to spend more time reviewing the commercials with you than I will have any input on this, uh, this pilot, which stunningly was not picked up by ABC. Well, that's
0: I'm very excited. Uh, but those for those of you who are actually subscribed to this feed, uh, this coming Saturday we also have a brand new show that's debuting on this feed. It is the first of Chris Charlton's Eggshells podcast companion show.
1: Yes, he is going to be talking about all forms of of breakfast food and (laughs) no no, this is uh his book that is just about to come out on the history of wrestling at the tokyo dome beyond new japan uh this is every wrestling show that has ever taken place in the tokyo dome is chronicled in his book and he is dedicating a podcast per year so this saturday and for each saturday for the next 30 weeks well we're going to have a show from chris Uh, Starting with 1989 this Saturday alongside Jojo Remy, who longtime uh, fans will remember from his days from Japanese audio wrestling. He will be joining Chris, uh, so that will be a lot of fun. And throughout this series, uh, me and Wei will be popping on. He's going to have guests on all of his shows uh, starting at 1989 and going uh, one year each week here uh, at postwrestling.com. So we're very happy to have this show uh, as uh, Saturday. Saturday mornings with Chris Charlton. What, a, what an off, awesome way to start your day. Eggs. What better way? Uh, it had to have been Saturday morning. Of I mean, course. That's when you crack the eggshells. Yeah. So some exciting stuff this week. Uh, you can check all of that out at uh, postwrestling.com, postwrestlingcafe.com. Uh, let's get into Raw. And then uh, before the end of this show, we're also going to go through all the G1 news and uh, we'll talk briefly on the UK announcement that WWE made. Mm-hmm. But on Monday night, coming out of Money in the Bank, we were in Grand Rapids, Michigan, at the Van Andel Arena. Which, every time I see that arena name, I always think of Vandalism. Ooh. Yes. Hmm. It's also from nearby Battle Creek, the home of Rob Van Dam.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that... I mean, is that a...
1: No, I think just a coincidence. Mm, okay. I don't think he decided, you know what, I'm going to market myself after this arena <laughs> in a nearby town. It started off with the recap of Alexa Bliss uh, cashing in and winning the Raw Women's title. And, you know, the way they positioned this way, this was the number one story coming out of Money in the Bank. This felt like the the main event uh, segment from the show on Sunday, more so than Bronze win, um this the women's stuff was of the most importance and kind of continued on this show with a big angle
0: yeah certainly i mean from all of the promotional material it seemed like ronda versus Nia really was the the you know the most promoted uh match of of that entire show and i I think going forward almost anything involving ronda rousey will pretty much take center stage
1: on your tv and i don't think that's the wrong move um we start we started off the show with kurt angle in the ring. Kurt Angle, who was about to endure quite the night of his career. And I feel this was just all of my frustration with this man as the authority figure. It was all coming to this boiling point tonight where we were, we were going to see Kurt go to uh, uh, falling to new highs or sinking to new depths. Uh, Kurt was in the ring and we had a presentation with the Raw Women's title and the briefcase, which were uh, displayed as... He bragged about Raw winning both ladder matches and brought out Alexa Bliss, and the title was presented to her, and she had requested this ceremony, and they informed everyone that Nia Jax is undergoing physical therapy in Birmingham, Alabama, but she is invoking her rematch clause, so it will be Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax at Extreme Rules next month.
0: Mm-hmm. Which I think tells you what they have planned for SummerSlam.
1: Uh yeah, and I think we got the ball rolling uh, pretty significantly here. Bliss is thanking everyone. The crowd starts chanting, you deserve it. These these fools in Grand Rapids. I think Alexa was just like, these losers. She was right about to hit her line, making fun of them, and then had to pause as they were all chanting, you deserve it. And it made the line even better. They started chanting for Naya, and Alexa called Naya and Rousey bullies, and then Ronda Rousey hits. And she storms down the ring, takes her jacket off. And Alexa says that Rousey doesn't know the difference between UFC and WWE. And what she did last night was 100% legal. And she was seconds away from winning the title. But Ronda didn't get the the taste of gold. And all the headlines were about Bliss. And she rattled off all the outlets that wrote about her, that talked about her. We didn't make the cut way, but uh, <laughs> Sports Illustrated, ESPN, Bleacher Report. Um, I, d- I don't know. Did you? Uh, was the Wrestling Observer mentioned here?
0: Uh, not to my knowledge, no.
1: I might have missed that one. So she calls uh, Rousey a relevant and an overhyped rookie. And Rousey sweeps her and mounts her, and Angle is pulling her off, and Ronda lifts and throws Angle. And he's dead. He's on the mat, and Ronda goes back to to Bliss and punches her in the body and then takes the briefcase and starts bashing uh first it's Bliss with it and as Angle tries to stop her Rousey starts attacking Kurt with the briefcase the referees come in Rousey runs wild on all of them and then she lifts up Bliss onto her shoulders and power bombs her through the table that had been set up and Ronda is walking away like this is a end of um they live and all these uh, all the aliens here have been murdered. And there was just a stack of bodies in her wake as she walked off and angles confronting her on the ramp and then walking to the back. And this was a pretty big segment where uh, Stone Cold Ronda Rousey ran wild on everybody and just looked like the the ultimate ass kicker here in this opening 15 minutes. Totally,
0: yeah. I mean, I don't think I expected this level of physicality from Ronda. Certainly not positioning her like, you know, essentially like a female version of Brock Lesnar and a babyface version of Brock Lesnar, tearing everybody apart. Uh, The intent, obviously, was to make Rousey look deranged and and so angry uh, that, you know, you had to justify her suspension. I thought attacking Bliss obviously worked. Attacking the rest worked. I feel like attacking Kurt... Maybe a, the throw was fine, but the briefcase shots afterwards, I kind of felt was a bit much. I don't, like, it, it kind of turned the crowd on her on her a little bit. Uh, by the end, it didn't necessarily matter, but I don't know if that was uh, all the way necessary. But overall, I thought Ronda was really excellent here. You know, when she's called upon to do this physical stuff, she is so far beyond the, the experience level of of a rookie, of somebody who's only been doing this for a short amount of time. So... She was great. I thought Alexa was awesome here, riling up the crowd, basically doing the talking for the segment because Ronda didn't talk at all. She just did the trip, ground and pounded, and took the rest of the segment herself. But Alexa, I thought, you know, you look at, you look at her in a in a role like this, and she clearly is maybe one of the best choices right now for Ronda at a SummerSlam match, uh, out of the entire division. Somebody who can carry Ronda in a speaking uh, a role.
1: Yeah, I. I thought that first of all, it was a breath of fresh air to see a baby face come out and be pissed about losing. They cared so much about losing. It wasn't coming out and being John Cena where he just smiles and it's on to the next thing and oh well, I got screwed i'm and and never booking them to be uh, whining uh, as they would feel it would be instead, Rhonda, you could say, see this match meant a lot. And they booked a babyface to be this this steamrolling babyface that wasn't going to take anyone's shit. And you could easily get behind this person. And with Kurt, I, I don't view Kurt as this overtly sympathetic figure i mean he is to a degree but he's hardly daniel Bryan. so i, I didn't really mind that but i do get what you're saying like ronda did come across like a bully it, but it just, i think to me like i was just listening
0: to the crowd reaction and like the crowd was totally with her attacking uh, um what is it uh, uh, alexa but the moment she threw kurt obviously there was a bit of shock but then she kept going after kurt and uh it read a bit less to me like she was crazy and more like wow like you're you're going a little too far ronda
1: so this was the big segment that they focused the entire show around. They replayed this all over, and the the big part of the story is afterwards, Rousey and Angle are arguing backstage. Rousey is sick of people telling her this isn't the UFC, and Angle suspends her for 30 days, and she storms off. So Ronda, theoretically, is off television for a month, which, uh, given the fact they were hitting the number 30 days uh, so much, that would mean... Uh, that would sound like she's not going to be at Extreme Rules, that she won't be back in time for that show, even though uh, I think that there had been some local advertising out involving her. But mm-hmm. if there's no program, you, you don't have to have her on that show. And I think this is a good break for Rousey. It's not like she's going away for an extended period and then she can come back when the SummerSlam program is ready to be built while Naya and Alexa uh, fulfill this pay-per-view cycle for Extreme Rules.
0: Absolutely. I mean, if it's Ron- uh, Alexa versus Naya, uh, you're saving Ronda for SummerSlam. Ronda has no reason to be around. Uh, she won't be the focus. And I think if anything, more TV time with her just kind of jeopardizes maybe her, her specialness. So take a break. Stay special.
1: I will say, I think this show, watching this segment, as much as we look at, you know, if Roman Reigns is not going to connect as as the top star, like Ronda Rousey is the top star on this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what she feels like to me. Well, I mean, like all, not,
0: she, she is a full-timer but not not maybe to the extent
1: of a of She's a not an overexposed full-timer. Yeah. And they've done they've done a very good job of not um trivializing her, which I would say if you had told me back in January that she was going to be on virtually every episode of Raw after WrestleMania, uh where would she be by the time we're at the end of June? I would say probably not near the level of attraction she was. Uh, when she debuted and here we are at the end of June and I would say they have preserved the specialness of Rhonda I, pretty significantly. I don't think they've, uh, they've
0: trivialized her at all. Well, certainly when it comes to her matches, you know, she's only had one singles match and and it's June. So I think saving her for the big four, big five shows is, is a smart decision. And I would say keeping her off of TV for a long time, uh, in between those shows is not a bad decision either. I mean, we we say this because I feel like we just saw a really good segment involving Rhonda, but there have been weeks where she's been out there doing terrible things or, or doing nothing and, and where we would have said, you know, they're wasting her. So, uh, but it seems like they're on the right track with her taking her off for like 30 weeks, 30 uh, days. It's just, period.
1: yeah. Um, I, I think that we've been able to see, we've been able to see the segments where Rhonda uh, excels. And conversely, we've also seen the segments that, have not been good, like her on commentary that was a mm-hmm. awful decision and execution and it just what I liked about this segment too is that when they 're really serious about someone, they think of all the little things, like how many times do we watch a segment where the heel is running down the baby face and they 're just standing there they 're standing there for like four minutes as they just have this promo cut on them, and in this case, we had Kurt holding her back the entire time, just a little subtle thing that understands why Ronda isn't just jumping this woman the first chance she gets. Um, well yeah, and they have, that's they have their money makers and they have Titus O'Neil. That's it. That's right. You have your stars and you have your punchlines and Ronda is certainly a star. So that ended that segment and then they plugged next week the UK cards which they finished up the first day on Monday. They're taping Tuesday and then they'll air next Monday and Tuesday at 3 Eastern Time on the network. So uh, you can go absolutely crazy next week and watch a lot of WWE over the course of two days.
0: Um, just get yourself
1: ready. Get yourself ready. I mean, let's
0: be thankful that it's not occurring
1: during the G1. Oh, thank God. Well, the g ones still going to be insane. If it's not the UK shows, it's going to be something else um, that's going to be happening. Uh, by the way, next week... Um, Martin, Ollie, and Benno, um, they will be covering uh, the two UK shows on the British wrestling experience. So you awesome. can uh, definitely tune into that. Uh, Benno was just interviewed about um, the the shows that are going on. I'm trying to remember the uh, the name of the outlet. I think it was like the Daily Mirror or something. Gave, wow. us, uh, g- gave us a nice little mention. Wow, very cool. So be those, sure to check that out. Those
0: guys are just experts when it comes to that whole scene. So I look forward to hearing their, their thoughts on those shows.
1: Yes, the, the British wrestling experience, which can encompass a lot. It can include Ireland as well. and Germany. Uh, yeah. Many, many, many places. It's, a, it's an experience. Uh, so then we had, uh, where are we going here? Renee chases down Ronda Rousey, the intrepid reporter that Renee Young is, says that Angle can suspend her and tells Renee to save her best wishes for bliss because she's coming back to kick her pink haired ass. And uh Renee interacted with someone on Twitter afterwards who got very upset at Rhonda or at Renee choosing that moment to interview Rhonda because Renee, you could tell she was really mad. Why did you have to ask her a question then? <laughs> and Renee said, Because I've got a job to do. I can't just wait for the golden hour.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That's great. I
1: love that there are still those kinds of comments out there in the world. Uh, speaking of uh, interactive personalities, Jonathan Coachman pointed out that whatever momentum Ronda Rousey had coming into tonight, it's going to be gone in 30 days. Okay. All right. That's how momentum works. Yeah. I, I want to know what me- momentum she got off of last night. Uh, was it because it wasn't off of a win? Well, Maybe it was the the revenge was fueling her momentum. Yeah, she, that, uh, she,
0: would you would you say that okay? In storyline, Ronda Rousey exceeded expectations against Nia Jax. Uh,
1: in terms of critiquing match quality and what we discuss, sure. But as Jonathan Coachman in this real life uh, or this real show that we're supposed to be, I, I, uh, I wouldn't.
0: I mean, she had the armbar on. She could have finished the match, right? Well, is that worth any momentum points? Nearly finishing uh, a match.
1: I guess so. Maybe it's a confidence builder because she was so close to beating the champion. Although in MMA, like momentum lasts way longer than 30 days. Um, it, not here. It evaporates quickly. That's right. why there's a weekly show. Right, right. You got to be able. It's like you know, filling your car up each week with gas. Seth Rollins came out. He said Elias took him to the limit and he loved it. The crowd starts chanting, burn it down, and he's going to have an open challenge, and it's answered by Dolph Ziggler, who comes out alongside Drew McIntyre. Uh, Went through, uh, there were a pair of commercials in this match. Ziggler is wearing him down for the longest time. It's Way's favorite. It is the the rear chin lock of death. Uh, Rollins eventually got to his feet. He hit a sling blade and sent Ziggler to the floor, hitting a suicide dive. And we come back, and Cole says, we are in the midst of an incredible intercontinental title match which halfway through eh, incredible was a stretch Rollins hit what was tonight being called the rip knee, and then we got the burn it down super kick as the Seth Rollins has really marketed these things uh, to a T now there's a burn burn
0: it down super kick or was that was that
1: the well story? that's well it was he he did the little tap as right. he uh, got the crowd to chant with him uh ziggler hit a famouser for a near fall Cole, coachman's word for the hour is energy mm-hmm. yeah coachman apparently had a lot of on twitter the other night oh did he, he what, what, what happened oh dude this guy called a cab at three in the morning and he went to town oh on on Melzer. oh he was on anybody oh. it was just uh unreal Ziggler is going for a super kick and gets caught with one by Rollins, who then brings up Rollins' knee injury um, as he proceeds to miss a splash from the top. Uh, Rollins rolled through, hit a buckle bomb, but then goes after Drew, who's on the apron. There's an O'Connor roll by Ziggler. Rollins reverses it, and then Ziggler reverses it, hooking Rollins' tights, and they count three. Dolph Ziggler wins 18 minutes and 38 seconds. I was waiting for... Kurt to come out, I was waiting for something, but no, this was the title change. Ziggler celebrates, McIntyre then jumped Rollins from behind, they beat him down and hit the Claymore zigzag. Dolph Ziggler is your new Intercontinental Champion.
0: A total surprise. I think one that probably caught everybody by, by surprise. I mean, one of the more surprising, I would say, uh, uh, finishes. I Just last night, and I think everybody uh, this for the past several months has been talking about how great of a Intercontinental Champion run Seth Rollins has been having. Uh, maybe he can take it all the way to Mania. Uh, I don't think anybody thought that he would possibly lost it to Dolph Ziggler. So, a very surprising uh, title change here. I feel like uh, part of the reason they're doing this is uh, perhaps due to uh, Seth maybe being a uh, participant in the multi-man match that's happening at Extreme Rules. I agree. Um, I, think him, I think him and Elias will be in that match. Well, yeah, because the other thing was like, you know, if they're going to do the title change, why not give it to Eli- Elias last night? But... He could also he too could also be a uh, participant there. So I, I I really am not that mad about this, especially if it means Seth Rollins is moving on to uh, the main event picture. So you know he really is the focus here. Dolph is just kind of on the side.
1: Ziggler's not the worst person you could put it on. He's definitely not. Um, wouldn't have been the person I would have uh, singled out. However, this very well could have been a position for Jinder Mahal, and I think we should keep that in. Uh, Keep that in consideration. Right, yeah.
0: They were also doing a whole lot uh, to tease, uh, obviously, you know, with the post-match attack, um, McIntyre. McIntyre and Rollins, perhaps. So I could also see McIntyre being enter- uh, being an entrant, entrant in the uh, multi-man match. That's possible. Yeah. Yep. Did you also notice, like, okay, so last night he won via grabbing tights. Seth. And
1: tonight he lost that way.
0: Yeah, so last night he did it because, uh, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, Elias first grabbed the tights, and so Rollins decided to grab the tights in retaliation, and he ended up winning. Tonight was a similar story where Dolph tried to grab the tights first. I don't think the camera necessarily caught the first one. But anyway, Seth reversed. He hooked the tights this time, and then he got reversed. This time it backfired. So I feel like they're, in the matches, they've been trying to tell a bit of a story of karma with Seth about how, you know... Last night, he stooped to his opponent's level and he ended up winning. Tried the same tonight, but it
1: backfired. Yeah, and they never brought that up. No, the announcers never did. No. But it was uh, completely obvious. Like, it was like the finish was shot with that visual so that you could see. So they showed the greatest reaction shot of this woman in real time reacting to Rollins' loss and her, you know, you use the term your jaw hit the floor. This didn't literally feature a woman's jaw hitting the floor, but it was damn close. This was awesome. And then this other dude who's just like hands in the air onto his head in disbelief that Seth Rollins lost. This was, uh, to these fans, this was Bruno losing to Ivan Koloff. Wow. Well, hmm. Huh. Yeah. It was, clo- it was close. Pretty close. Uh, then we had Renee with Ziegler and McIntyre. And Ziggler says, Monday Night Rollins has been canceled, and you can whine online or go write a blog about it, which uh, the – Or record a podcast. Well, I was going to say, you actually, Dolph, don't write a blog. You would write a blog post that you would put on a blog, but he can have – Oh, its, okay, uh, okay. I mean, let's just get the technical terms out there. You don't write a blog.
0: Right. You can, Unless um, somebody dedicates an entire blog to this –
1: match i guess you could you could register an entire uh domain to fuck this title change.com care of dolph ziggler Mm -hmm. and direct it his way they have taken over the show they mock the catchphrases like burn it down and it's his yard referencing rollins and reigns and the difference between them and everybody else is that when they say something they mean it
0: So at least for the time being, it appears that these two aren't necessarily being paired as a tag team. Uh, It it seems to look like the both of them might. I mean, they could still, I guess, do the tag team thing because Drew had to talk about getting more gold. So, but to me, I'm more banking on the idea that Drew himself might also be entering the uh, multi-man match.
1: If they're doing as you suggest, even if they're not, I mean, just the idea that Of all people, Dolph Ziggler is going to be the one to end Seth Rollins' title run, and I'm sure they weren't aware of this two or three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. But if you're priming Ziggler to end this you know, pretty significant title reign this year, it's been one of the high points of WWE programming, and Drew McIntyre could be in a pay-per-view main event, how they got (laughs) into that stupid tag team battle royal is baffling to me. Just baffling. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And it's not like you can even say, oh, you didn't know what you were... G-. They were a push team. At the very least, they had no business in that thing to begin with if they were just a tag team, mm-hmm. much less if they had much higher hopes for these two uh, in terms of being s- singles performers on top of that. So that was a very bizarre one to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, it also, just, I think, really just tells you how how poor this tag team division is when, you know, just by, by simply being a part of a tag team division uh, segment, you're surrounding yourself with, joke characters.
1: Yeah, which these two don't need to be around at all. It's it's such a strange uh, pairing of these two as a part of a tag team that is just such um such comedy um that surrounds them and they're not about comedy. Bobby Roode versus Kurt Hawkins. Hawkins has lost 203 straight matches and he lost a 204th to the glorious DDT in 41 seconds. Not really, not really, sure. really Sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say they really didn't tip their hand of where they're going with Rude. This is no. just very quick.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think in the past several weeks we've we've seen some hints of, of a heel Bobby Rude or a, an overly, I think, uh, cocky Bobby Rude. No sign of that this uh, here. Um, don't I'm not really sure what the point of this was.
1: Just fill time, I guess, until they come up with something for Bobby Rude. Then we had Mister Money. I beg my pardon, Mr. Monster in the Bank, Braun Strowman coming out. Hmm. You could tell, uh, not only did JoJo have to correct herself here, which I think was an honest mistake, was in the main event when I think it was Cole called him Mr. Money in the Bank and got corrected, uh, which I'm sure was them just being super annoying about getting this Mr. Monster in the (laughs) Bank. Uh, Fucking nickname over So we gotta say it to death Mm -hmm. That we're gonna hear this thing Every single week Times ten So Strowman comes out With the briefcase He talks about Some of his past accomplishments Like flipping an ambulance Winning a giant trophy In Saudi Arabia And he's also played the cello But this is The greatest thing he has done This briefcase All he needs is Brock Lesnar To show his face And he'll cash it in And he'll become champion Kevin Owens' music hits, he limps out, as always when Owens uh, is coming off some big, brutal match, he sells the hell out of it. And he came out just wrapped up uh, with his arm, he can barely move, he can hardly breathe, he says. Uh, Still, like, the missing bump, like, this was, uh, Mm -hmm. this thing, like, didn't exist. We didn't get one replay on this show. And I was waiting for it, because I never got the good angle of it on Sunday, I thought, of course, they're gonna air it here. It's like his whole uh, selling is based off this bump, and we never saw it. Well, I, I guess like sometimes, it, it,
0: it, since it's a pay per view, they they can't show something that big. Um, but I, I mean, the fact that we didn't see it again last night uh, has me again a little worried that they didn't catch it. Uh, but even so, maybe you know, fans at least probably caught it. Hopefully.
1: If this were Ring of Honor, if this was TNA, if this was any promotion in the world way, I'd go with it. Mm-hmm. But knowing the footage that they were able to procure on Matt and Jeff Hardy for this twenty-four special, mm-hmm. there's no way. Like this is the NSA of pro wrestling companies. True, true. Yeah, they have everything yeah. <laughs> covered. Yeah. They have to have multiple angles mm-hmm. of this bump, this uh, this mysterious uh, bump they by must. Kevin Owens. They must. So Owens is trying to be sympathetic and befriend Braun Strowman. He said, I'm not here to steal your spotlight. I wouldn't be able to get retribution even if I wanted to. He congratulates Braun but says that he needs to be smart about the briefcase and have a strategy because now he is the target. And the two of them, no one knows who they really are. They're really good-hearted people, and they have no one to watch their back because he brings up that he doesn't know how long Sami Zayn's going to be gone after Bobby Lashley got through with him on Sunday because there was no Zayn on this show. So he is uh, at least off this week and mentions Braun has no friends either. He had to pick a fan from the crowd at WrestleMania. And I thought this was a very good promo because midway through, I'm thinking, man, he's right. This guy needs a friend. These guys are complete loners. And they suggest they use each other. He'll have Strowman's back. And then after all of this, he will ensure Strowman gets to cash in his briefcase and win the championship. And all he asks is for a title shot in return. And then they can go their separate ways. He puts out his hand. Braun shakes it. But he won't let go. And he power slams Kevin Owens to end the segment.
0: Mm -hmm. So with the idea that...
1: um, That... What, exactly? Well, this was uh, more so just to get a pop for Braun Strowman at the end of all of this. I think people wanted to see Kevin Owens, who is crippled, gets power slammed after all of this. I mean, I guess maybe
0: that's what the issue I had was with the segment. I thought, I mean, Owens again is obviously very entertaining. I felt like mm, he maybe took a little bit long to make his point here. And more importantly, I didn't think the payoff at the end was big enough to really warrant the amount of time it took,
1: in my opinion. Well, I, I think that these are, two are going to end up being uh, singles match at the pay per view. I think th- this takes Braun out of that main event, and conversely, Owens as well. I he think he's
0: destroyed are, him like multiple times.
1: Well, he's going to destroy him again. Oh man! All right. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that that's what I got from tonight's Show. I was, just I just
0: don't see how you can build up anything other than a raw match or a handicap match after this. Like, what what interest is there between Owens versus Strowman?
1: Well, you've got you've got three four weeks, and Kevin Owens getting his heat back. Maybe Zayn will come back. Maybe it will be a handicap match. But you know, Owens is going to get his revenge for this, and you know, you oh, you do your know. angle. Yeah. Maybe get he gets the brief, he steals the briefcase. The way yeah, he. I should... uh, he Runs over Braun with um with a Canadian uh car. Okay. Okay. We'll see. I just <laughs> think I they have. What, a lot... I don't know what's so dangerous about a Canadian car, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think we make cars here. Well, we do make cars, but they're not uh known as
1: Canadian cars. They're not designed here, I guess. Uh, I'm trying to think of uh, what he could do. Maybe maybe Ray Rougeau could uh, be in his back pocket or something like that. I he just... bring Jacques, He can have the shock stick.
0: I just feel like when we're talking about these two characters, you have Braun Strowman, who they've been incredibly protective of, and then you have Kevin Owens, who really they have not been protective of at all. So to to do a one-on-one on ma- one match between these two at Extreme Rules, well, let's see what they can pull out.
1: Maybe they're going to do a scaffold match, and then you get to see Owens take the big bump.
0: Huh. Okay.
1: I, I just feel it makes no sense that Braun in that main event match. So, you've got to have his presence on the show somewhere else. And there's not a whole lot of heels that mm-hmm. are options for for Braun when you've got the rest in the main event, and this isn't a very heel depth show. So, Owens to me makes as much sense as anyone to just, you know, have a quick match with Braun. They can do a, you know, then Owens shouldn't bump. then
0: shouldn't have Owens done something to get the upper hand in in on tonight's segment.
1: Uh, yeah, he probably should have. I, I would have done it immediately. Um, but I guess they figured with Owens having to sell this injury, it would make Braun look weak if he was uh, came out short against this guy. Who's but, in, but instead, not in- you're gonna body slam him to end the segment. Well, that's you could. Sur- well, maybe that's that's Owens' motivation for his revenge. Is that he came out here to make an honest offer to Braun. And he got power slammed for his efforts to try and help this guy. So now he's motivated to really fuck with this guy.
0: <laughs> okay, we,
1: we'll we see. He He's going to, like, drop him off a building or something next week. He's going to have to do wow. something crazy. Are they in Detroit? They're in San Diego. Oh. Cl- close. Not Cobo Hall. Uh, no, the, tonight was the night to drag him to Cobo Hall. They were mm. in the very close. Grand Rap- Rapids. Sasha's in the locker room. Oh, my God, this fucking segment. Bailey walks in and says that she's sorry about Sasha's loss last night. I know you've probably been replaying the match over and over in your head and redoing it. I'm surprised you haven't been watching it on your phone, too. And Sasha's caught red-handed. Pulls up her iPhone. I was. Oh, my God, dude, like, cringeworthy.
0: Man, their acting is really bad. It was like, so awful here. I, I'm not saying the material is that great to begin with, but I mean, seriously, like at some point you have to blame the performers. And Sasha, in comparison to somebody like a like an Alexa, like Sasha's not a good actress at all. And I like can't this, say Bailey's very good either.
1: This this wouldn't this wouldn't make the cut on uh, fuck Icar Icarly they have a pretty high standard on iCarly. I know, I know. <laughs> De- Degrassi, the, make
0: the original Degrassi, not even the next
1: generation, the the the, the 70s, 80s Degrassi. This wouldn't oh. have made it. I, I wish we had a Joey Jeremiah character. Hey, have you seen the new Drake video, by the way? No.
0: Oh, yeah, you should check it out. It's great. It's like he goes back to Degrassi. Oh,
1: I, I, I've heard about it.
0: Yeah, like it's almost enough to make you forget about the whole Pusha T
1: thing. Oh, okay. Uh, Bailey is ready to take the fight to the Riot Squad tonight, and she wants to do it with Sasha. Why? I, I can't really tell you why, but they're, they're friends again, and they agree to the match, and they lock hands, which is the closing scene of tag team, and I found this amusing. It's like verbatim, mm-hmm. the close of tag team. So remember this awful segment way when you watch tag okay, team this we'll week do. for the final scene. Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt came out. They were scheduled for a match with Rhino and Heath Slater. But first, Curtis Axel appears on the screen, dressed as Matt Hardy, doing a Matt Hardy promo. But the star of this was Bo Dallas, who is dressed up as his brother with a mini lantern. And he's doing a pretty good Bray Wyatt. And they cut to the ring, and Bray looked genuinely amused watching this, like thinking like, Either he's heard Bo do this impression before or he's hearing it for the first time. Whichever, he seemed to be about to, like, burst out laughing. And then they just drop the accents. Bo says, screw this. We're the B team. We're coming for the tag titles. Run. And the lights shut. Well, they they hide their lantern. And you can still see them. And they're just going back and forth. Is it over? Just go down at the same pace. And they just go off screen. I thought this was very funny. This was like legitimately f- funny comedy on a
0: WWE show. I thought so too. I, I thought I found this very amusing. I mean, when Axel came out with the Hardy impression, I was like, nah, I was a little yeah, skeptical." Was, but Bo was great. Dallas as Bray. I mean, first of all, the wink, you know, at the two being brothers, I think is quite neat. But seeing the actual impression, Bo Bo is actually really good at it. So I hope that this is not the end of of a uh, Bo Wyatt. And, you know, if this team is going to get over, I think it's it's doing things like this. They should just be the the team that parodies like that Swedes. You know, you know that term like from a, there's this movie called be, be Kind Rewind where like Jack Black and, and most depth, they like film like film uh, parodies, but using really cheap materials. And uh, anyway, so I, I would love to see the B team continue to do this for all the all the teams, including the Bludgeon Brothers.
1: Oh man, well, maybe, maybe there are some options. I, I think that this is, you know, this was the debate of who would last as the the comedy goofball tag team on Raw between uh, Bo and Curtis Axel or the Fashion Police. And in a strange way, it ended up transforming the whole division into a bunch of goofballs, but a clear win by Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas over Tyler Breeze and Fandango. This week at least, yeah. Oh, I would say since the brand spl- since oh. the draft. Okay, yes. I mean uh, Breeze and Fandango have just—they do nothing. Mm-hmm. They show up every now and then, but it's nothing of significance. So they had a match. Uh, it was certainly uh, not anything to the level of the the comedy before the match. Three and a half minutes, twist of fate to Rhino. They closed lines later, kiss of deletion, and they won them. I I just. I have zero interest in Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt matches. I don't know what it is, but my brain just like turns to mush oh, when these just... matches start. Like, I'm not into any of this. It's just, it's slow, it's plotting, and generic. Just, yeah. Like, like, there's nothing, there's no, there's nothing to grab you by these, in these matches. It's insignificant people like Rhino and Heath Slater.
0: If you've seen one one Bray Wyatt Matt Hardy match, you you've seen all of them thus far. They've really done nothing really inventive. But you can you know. But part of that is because they haven't really had any great rivalries. You know, they have not had any hot matches because they haven't really had any hot programs.
1: Uh, I I think it's very hard to book Matt Hardy now uh, to be just in normal wrestling feuds. Once you've gone full tilt with this character, that nothing about it was just normal wrestling feuds um mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of now he's just another character on raw and it, it it just it loses all of its effectiveness when you're trying to just slot him into this normal role on the show like he's just any any other baby face kurt angle is in the back playing Fortnite, and baron corbin enters it says that stephanie was pleased with how he handled the ronda rousey situation and angle starts yelling that he didn't do it for her and he's getting all upset and then Baron reveals she's on the phone. So presumably heard all this. And hands over the phone, which is uh, Kurt having to react. And he notes, this is big news. And he will announce it later tonight after running it all by Constable Corbin. As Corbin laughs at Kurt, who is just the the fool. Jinder Mahal and Sunil came out. And Jinder cut this like hippie promo about adapting to change self-improvement uh finding tranquility maybe he's he's joining lij hmm um hmm i don't know if that would
0: i wonder how he would fit
1: yeah well uh he's committed to change unlike chad gable who is living his former glory as an amateur wrestler and they had a match um crowd was dead gable got the uh suzuki armbar and then drop Kick Mahal to the floor. Hit a top rope moonsault that looks great. The crowd did react to that. Uh, but then a running boot to the face and Coloss Jinder wins in 229. Poor Chad Gable.
0: Right, yeah. They seem to be... I don't know if this is a sign of things to come, but they seem to be in this segment perhaps morphing Jinder into some type of new age, um, you know, self-help guru type of character. Um,
1: yeah, he, mean, he's about to be just completely detached from this previous run he got over the past year. Like, I I think they've realized they they hit the ceiling with this guy. He didn't get over to our expectation, and now he's just going to fall into some mid-card spot, and that's it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like he's kind of got something with his promos. You know, I find them somewhat entertaining um, in that kind of really comical, like, 80s villain type of way. Um, But, yeah, probably, to me, nothing more than maybe a, a high mid-card to low mid-card act. You
1: know, in the ring, I, I don't see a, a giant gap between Jinder Mahal and Elias. But mm-hmm. look at what they did with Elias last year versus Jinder Mahal. Had they put the title on Elias a year ago, yeah. this, this guy would have just turned off everybody because he would have been over pushed. And instead, they took this really slow approach from a guy who—both of them are fine promos— both of them have uh, heel presence about them, but their in ring is very limited. And now we look at things like Elias has shown moderate improvement, and it's a big deal. And Ginder was just in this position that he was way in over his head. Like mm-hmm. he, you know, he projects very well, but there was significant limitations. And I think had Ginder been someone that they they saw long term as someone they could they could build up into something. Uh, I think that patience would have gone a long way with uh, showing this guy's, you know, small steps that eventually lead to a marked improvement over the course of a year instead of just throwing him into the deep end. And now he almost feels like a failed project, whereas Elias feels like someone that, you know, he's going to he had a major hurdle and he might actually get over it and and become something. He's got momentum. That's that was what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. Long winded way of explaining momentum. So they show the riot squad in the back. They destroyed a guy's laptop and painted uh, an R in lipstick on a mirror. These segments are just oh, so lame.
0: Yeah, they're a weekly 30 seconds of rioting. They're allowed 30 seconds a week with w- which to riot. They can cause up to $200 worth of damage. The rest of the time, though, they're probably model employees. I just, I mean, I think it's such a... <sighs> such a lame like literal interpretation of of a name
1: guys we got to stop rioting we we have to do our choreographed entrance in sync with one another hurry up uh they plugged the uh the australian super showdown in october and then as bailey made her way down to the ring they the announcer started talking about friends cole says Corey graves has no friends Graves brings up, well, I had one, but social media is a weird thing. Whoa. Which was the closest we got to Graves addressing his uh, his CM Punk outburst from last weekend, and they just laughed about it, mm-hmm. like, ha ha ha. Bailey and Sasha versus Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan. Uh, Sasha's back was all taped up, and I'll just say this: she certainly wasn't Matt Jackson in this match selling her back. No, no. So very, very high threshold of expectation level now for a back injury being sold in a match, which uh, seeing that fall onto the ladder, I I wouldn't doubt that she was in as much pain as any person selling their back is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bailey blind tagged herself in and Sasha gave her this look of frustration and Bailey hits a Thez press to Logan, snaps her neck and then hits a head scissors to the floor and Banks tells Bailey... I told you I was fine and then they hug as they go to break they came back Uh, Logan's in control of Bailey makes the tag to Sasha who hits the Meteora and then the double knees are blocked when Morgan holds the ropes and Banks lands on her bad back as a result of this Bailey is distracted fighting Logan on the floor so when Sasha goes for the tag Bailey is not there Logan cheap shots her from the floor, and it allows Morgan to roll up Sasha and pin her at 8:03. Bailey is too late making the save, and then afterwards, Banks and Bailey are left in the ring, and they start shoving one another. They exchange words, they have a long stare down, and then Banks knocks her to the floor with another shove and leaves. Yeah,
0: So, so this time, uh, are we actually getting this
1: match and breakup? I'm sure they'll be fine by next week. Angle is with Corbin backstage, and then uh, Banks and Bailey are in mid argument after the break. Sasha is finished. Bailey says, I'm not done yet. And then they brawl and they fight into a catering table. Banks gets the better of her, and Bailey is left on the floor holding her shoulder. And uh, th- this yeah. wasn't as bad as the locker room attack, so I think Bailey could. Uh, just brush this off her injured shoulder like nothing. Right, yeah.
0: So, I mean, now seeing this unfold, I mean, clearly maybe at some point they made the decision to delay the match from WrestleMania and instead do it at either Extreme Rules or SummerSlam. Um, now, if you're going to do that, though, I really feel like with the amount of time, extra time that they had, you really could have given me a, bit, a much more, something a bit more creative, you know, to, to, to justify this type of brawl. Than just a tag team match, the same type of tag team match we've seen so many times with, um, you know, uh, an opponent causing somebody else a, a loss, uh, not being there for the hot tag and the save. It's just it it felt very far from I think what this feud could have achieved. Uh, the extra amount of time certainly didn't mm, help it, and I just mm, I just don't care that much right now. But you know what? They have like three more weeks, four more weeks.
1: Yeah, July 15th is the next pay-per-view. Uh, Kurt's watching this from the ring and just says, I just can't get this show under control. Yeah, you're sweating a lot, as uh, usual. Well, he says that the WWE officials have decided that when Brock Lesnar, uh, they've decided when Brock is going to defend his title next. And the question is, who will he defend it against? And before he can get it out, Roman Reigns comes out and he says... Uh, That he is the answer. Which Coachman noted is the word of the hour. Answers. Reigns talks about why he deserves the title match. And that Angle has had problems running Raw. So having a full-time champion defending every week would help him out. Angle goes to make the announcement when Bobby Lashley comes out. And he watched Reigns bang his head. Trying to quote, beat Roman. And then just shook his head to beat Brock Lesnar. And... Lashley's just way too nervous here.
0: Small flub, you know. Hopefully, like, I mean, like, Rhonda had had one too. But I kind of chalk these little things up to, like, people not necessarily being used to live TV. Or at least in the case of Lashley, somebody who hasn't done it in a long time. So, you know, maybe
1: something he'll get over. I just want to know where the, like, the Bobby Lashley, like, his promos got to be, got to be very good in Impact. Mm. And uh, they're also taped, though remember yeah anyway well he says that this may be his yard but he's been trying to get his hands on Brock since Reigns was a pup and he says that Reigns needs to let someone else beat Brock that has a chance and he can beat both Brock and Reigns angle announces there will be a multi-person match at Extreme Rules and both Reigns and Lashley will be in the match and others will be announced at a later date to which the revival came out not to make a plea to be in this match because they realized their limitations. And this was like the strangest promo it was Scott Dawson explaining that they realize that they can take advantage of these two because they can get shoehorned into a tag match with them when these two are not getting along with one another and they can fluke their way into a victory and capitalize. This was just the strangest, like, explanation from these. Oh. The like these two, you don't even really associate with like the idiot tag teams. But man, what a what a sad fall for these two who were just so great in NXT, and mm-hmm. here they are, just these these morons. Kind of
0: tells you though, like when you see Scott Dawson and sorry uh, 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 Chash Dash Wilder, Dash Wilder and and, and uh, Chad Dawson next to Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley, like if you're Vince McMahon. You know who your stars are and who your stars aren't. And unfortunately, the Revival, when they're up against these uh, Adonises,
1: uh, they don't really stand a chance of getting a push. So Wilder is going on and on about why they are such a great team. And Reigns cuts him off and mocks Wilder's voice with this high-pitched delivery. That was legitimately one of the funnier lines Reigns has had really? I hated this. Oh, oh I, I laughed. I thought it was funny. I never want to hear
0: Roman's mocking boys ever again.
1: Ugh. Oh we he's just not the on type, this
0: one. not the type of character
1: that I, I would like to me it didn't it made him way more unlikable than like oh. uh, I, I think he's generally someone that people don't want to hear comedy from. I think he's just a, a very much a turnoff in that sense, but I thought it was a funny line here. And then he called Lashley Bob, and he tells him that he might learn something as well. So Reigns and Lashley took on the Revival, and it was a story of Lashley basically trying to outshine Reigns, and they just beat the hell out of these guys. The tag was made to Reigns; he leg dropped Dawson from the middle rope, and then there was a super Superman punch to Dawson. Uh, Wilder then got a roll up uh, before he took a Superman punch. Rain sets up for the spear, but Lashley tags in, spearing Wilder himself and taking the pinfall at 619. So, it appears these two will be the uh, the strong candidates going into that multi-person match uh, next month. Yeah, I guess it was fine to establish that. Um, and we'll probably get a singles match between these two before Extreme Rules, I'm guessing. That's true, yeah. I personally just, uh, I, I couldn't be less interested
0: in, like, seeing these two jocks try to, like measure their dick sizes though and unfortunately using the revival as they're measuring sticks uh it's just like neither man really comes across especially somebody like a bobby lashley Neither man to me really came across like a strong baby face in the segment uh they're just both so like super powered you know they're just like they're, they're very unrelatable guys so it's captain
1: america and iron man
0: but Captain America has like is like, you know, skinny dude who became that guy. And I can't
1: tell D- dude, you, Bobby, Bobby Lashley used to be way smaller when he was a, a wrestler. Like he is a pretty good comparison to Captain America. Well, I wish they would
0: have explained that instead of uh, spending that time to tell us about his sisters and Roman Reigns. I mean,
1: you can kind of get a little Tony Stark out of this guy. He does have the goatee. Yes, he does have the goatee. There you but go. Not the... nearly to the depth of character. No, probably not. Um.
0: There was also another point in this match where, like, coach made a uh, mention. Um, I'm hearing rumblings in the back of uh, people, uh, superstars vying to try to get into this multi-man match, and then Graves just like said, uh, "That's impossible, coach." This match was just announced, and it was just like it turned into this big argument that they somehow felt the need to come back from break to address. And to me, it was just like... I, I did not catch any of this. Oh, I just... So,
1: I tune these guys out at times.
0: So, so after the next Finn segment, like where Finn actually is trying to lobby to get into the match, Coach comes back from break and, and they're on camera and they're like, as I was saying, <laughs> like, he felt like the need to explain himself. But my point is, why is this even a thing? Why did Corey Graves feel the need to jump on Coach? Why, why did Coach feel the need to explain himself at the end of it? Who cares? You're not the show just i just to me like it's it's really apparent i mean well, first of all coach is bad but graves is worse so much worse on raw when he's next to either a coach or a booker uh, some the type of person that graves some, somehow feels a need to uh point out and call out every single time and i don't even think he needed to be called out here i, I, I didn't think coach was wrong here so it's probably encouraged like they yeah, sure. because if it wasn't it wouldn't it wouldn't continue but then why why is it not encouraged on Smackdown
1: I I don't think you have that dynamic with those three. I think that those three, they're just, they have their chemistry and you see it. And these three don't have any um, productive chemistry. They have uh, a very argumentative uh, relationship, especially with Graves and Coachman. And it's just a matter of Cole picking his side of the argument um, that he dumps on them two on one. So you think Vince McMahon wants SmackDown's team to
0: be a harmonious commentary team, but he wants uh, people arguing over each other on Raw?
1: I, I just I think it's just a matter of these three on Raw. I think that this is just something that comes natural to them, and I bet Vince gets a kick out of it. And if God, uh, it and, and I bet you he probably throws in the the fucking stake for them to just all claw at. Uh, he probably loves this stuff. I, I can't begin to psychoanalyze Vince McMahon and this guy who just has an immense love of like all those like awful comedy sketches involving like shit and. Like, he's got the humor of a 12-year-old child. So that's the guy producing this, um, Mm. of what he gets his kicks out of. Finn Balor is pitching uh, Kurt Angle about getting into the match, as first reported by Jonathan Coachman. And Corbin laughs this off, bringing up his one-day title reign. Kevin Owens gets involved, too, saying Balor had his chance. And then Strowman walks up from behind, scaring Owens, who jumps. And he's here to look after his buddy Finn And they propose a tag match. Kurt just says, this is a runaway train. And he ran away like a train from this segment. And then it just ended awkwardly. Kurt has, uh, he's really pushing my limit of, like, he's just the punchline of every single segment. And I, it's even funny.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I really feel like he is, I, I didn't think he'd last this long in this GM role, um, He's okay most weeks, but, you know, if you have any hopes of, like, I, they will still put him into a match if they need, need to, right? Mm-hmm.
1: I think but. they've, you're right, they can. I think that there is still some of that nostalgia, but I just feel uh, it would have to be the right person and with a program. And they're not even building programs for him. There's not even that person that they're teasing something big down the line for. Um, I, I think they've kind of diminished that that kind of specialness to Kurt in when, this role like he just he feels like he's just such a he's just the wacky guy that's out of his mind that's in over his head in this job it's not a it's not a role that it's like that that baby face that you you know comes out of retirement once a year and you believe he's you know this legendary figure that's coming out of retirement
0: yeah i mean really that role's really not not for a gm mm-hmm. though is it or at least not this type of gm like they they want a script sort of like a comedic... GM or not a comedic but but a comedic but a, a pushover GM and it's maybe not not you know maybe Kurt Angle if you want to push him as a serious wrestler uh maybe he's not the best person for this
1: but that said like in a contrast pinch- him to, to Shane though I mean he's True. Shane yeah. Shane is never the punchline and when they announced that guy doing a match like people care people care like mm-hmm. Shane has always maintained credibility and Kurt's had none it's, that, that's very true. It's a good point. But I, I think w- the
0: moment they announce a Kurt Angle match, I think audiences are smart enough to know that, okay, this is goofy
1: Kurt Angle, but in-ring Kurt Angle is a very different person. So we had uh, the tag match set up for the main event, and then we had, as Michael Cole described, one of the most anticipated video games in history. Coming out in October, it is WWE 2K19, featuring AJ Styles on the cover a million-dollar challenge if you can beat AJ in a video game contest. I'm wondering if the Elite are going to join this million-dollar contest. Oh, I'd love to see Kenny Omega. Can yeah. you imagine that Kenny Omega wins the million dollars and WWE indirectly finances the next all-in? Wow. Wow, <laughs> that would be quite intense. Well, that's why the tagline for 2K19 is Never Say Never. That's right. Did you uh, watch watch any of that New Day golden uh, elite stuff i didn't see much of it i'm surprised you didn't watch the whole thing
0: no, i just got back but uh they did uh, they just released a uh, uh being the elite i think covering it so oh okay i'll, I'll catch that probably uh, later tonight okay well maybe we'll get an update tuesday night sure. uh way wait, ways catch up uh viewing i'm really happy for aj because like he's such a huge video game guy and now like he gets to be on the cover of a video game do you think i mean that's so cool
1: yeah, he was, you know, when Impact got their first video game, I remember it was, you know, AJ and Joe, like a lot of the guys were pretty hands on that were the gamers, like they were very much involved in, like a lot of the development too of the game, as I recall. So hmm. uh, yeah, you're right. This is a guy who probably is like legitimately excited to have this. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact he has kids too. I mean, these video game. honestly, for these wrestlers, having themselves in video games, I can't tell you how many like, people I've heard from that it's like, it's like a big deal for them to be in a video game, even the ones that are in it multiple times. And the royalties don't suck either, so mm. it's nice all around. They announced for SmackDown Tuesday night a gauntlet match with The Miz, Rusev, Big E, Samoa Joe, and Daniel Bryan with the winner facing AJ Styles at Extreme Rules. SmackDown is going to be Excellent on Tuesday is my prediction. Mm. This sounds like an
0: awesome match. Let's hope so. Yeah, I mean a gauntlet match. Do you think that takes uh, more than an hour?
1: I think it could go an hour. Yeah, I, I, I think it's going to go probably forty-five minutes. Maybe that it will, would be my guess. Maybe it can go the whole show. Uh you have the guys that you could do it. You could like all those guys can go lengthy. Um, you could do something really different and and make it the bulk of the show i i kind of like the idea of starting the show with it and it goes into the second hour and you at least tease it. it doesn't have to go that long i i don't foresee it being the whole show but i could see it being 45 to an hour
0: it won't be the whole show because they have to do the uh you know Carmelo stuff uh but yeah i i, I definitely I, I would bank on it being at least an hour if not more
1: yeah so and it should be really good and i like the fact Big E's in there too that's kind of a big big spot for him uh, and sets up – I mean, you could go – of all those picks, I mean, there isn't really a bad option to face AJ at Extreme Rules. Maybe, like, the weakest option is what? The Miz? Yes. And I think people – there would be people interested in that too, uh, just mm-hmm. a different opponent for AJ. I don't believe – who Who do you see in that uh, of those five winning? Well,
0: Joe? Well, I mean, uh, I think Joe would be my pick, although I, I would love for him to, to have a bigger stage than uh, Extreme Rules. But
1: uh, Joe would be my pick, sure. It's almost a year after Great Balls of Fire that he headlined. Oh, right. Yes. No Way Jose against Mojo Rawley. Uh, Raleigh has a new finish where he spins him off his shoulders into a slam and pinned him in 239. Uh, no Way this guy is still on the main roster in a year.
0: Uh, is that No Way for Jose or No Way for Mojo? No Way for Jose. Oh. You don't think so, eh? Oh, not, I should say. I mean, the revival are on.
1: That's true. That is true. It's it's harder than ever to lose a WWE job. Mm -hmm. Um, They are very conscious about that, of doing those cuts. But this guy, record time that he has just gone to nothing. Yeah. I think two, two weeks. Like, that was his run, two weeks. And he was in this spot. And I can't really say he was
0: ever really given that much of a shot. Like, he, what, how many promos has he
1: cut? in this time i don't think he's gotten an honest promo once like he's yeah. had some backstage segments that have hardly been character building like no vignettes ahead of time he just showed up with the conga line and that's it like you don't know anything about this guy nothing and he was he got like a win his first week i think and by week two or three he was losing i mean it's not unlike mojo raleigh so you know this
0: was another attempt at, at repackaging mojo they're trying to sell us a more aggressive Mojo Rawley. We'll see where that goes. You know, this, On Raw, he really hasn't been given a shake at all. His mic work is strong, but I, I think his look is very generic. He hasn't had a good storyline in a long, long time since the, the, the Zack Ryder stuff, and they, they botched that one.
1: So, yeah, yeah, we'll see where this goes. Yeah. Mo- uh, Charlie interviewed him, and she asked him, Do you hope this win leads to more success? His answer was no. I don't hope that, Charlie. I hope this is the end of my career. (laughs) He says that WWE is more competitive than ever. Uh, He had his second match of the night where he took on the word intermittent and says, I used to be known for staying hyped, but now I'm about staying focused, Uh, which begs the future T-shirt to be revealed of, we don't don't get focused, we stay focused. Mm -hmm. So mojo's fine um he to me is someone that he was one of many that benefited from the talking smack environment where i always found him to be really engaging on that show and not doing a traditional promo and now he doesn't have a outlet like that now he's got to do just normal promos which he's not bad at but to me talking smack really helped that guy get his character across a lot more I do feel
0: like, you know, as a single star, he it's, it's going to be a lot tougher, I think, for him to really make a dent. Uh, I do feel like guys like him would be better served in a tag team. They tried that, uh, might be a bit of a backtrack for him to go back into a tag team, but hard for me to see him like really kind of breaking out of this superstars, Titus o- O'Neil, whatever type of level.
1: Sasha is shown leaving the arena and she's confronted by Bailey, who just won't give it up. Banks says, I'm done helping you and I'm done being your friend. And she gets into her car. Bailey tries to open the door and Sasha drives off. So Bailey chucks her water bottle at the back of Sasha's car. This vandal. Yeah, she should join the riot squad. You know what? It would be a great storyline is if one of one of the wrestler's uh, car rentals. There's a dick spray painted on it, wow. and it becomes and it's a and it's ten episodes where it takes us to find out who is the vandal because everyone will assume it's the riot squad. And who would it be? Um, I don't know. It, it's revealed to be a, a marketing for season two of uh, American Vandal.
0: Hmm.
1: which hmm. was maybe my favorite show of 2017. Is there a season two? I believe so. Oh, wow. Awesome. Yes. Uh, I I love that show. It was, it was so good. <laughs> if you have not watched American Vandal, it's outstanding. If you, if you sit down to watch it, there is a good chance you will not get up until you watch the entire season. Elias is in the ring. He sang about Rollins having to cheat because he knew Elias couldn't be beat, and he thinks that it, sh- it should be his night at Extreme Rules and sings about Brock Lesnar, who he was able to rhyme about Brock. Deep down, his soul is vapid that he rhymed with Grand Rapids while he insulted the city and ended the song in real deep thought. And that was the segment. There was no match for him. It just faded to black on Elias. Just a song. Yeah, a really long song. Um, basically, I
0: was fine with it. I was too. I didn't want to see a match. Basically, he, here he was just stating his entry into the uh, the Extreme Rules main event.
1: Renee was backstage. They recapped Ziggler winning the title, and she, she interviewed a very despondent Seth Rollins who was stinging from the loss and hearing the word former champion. He doesn't make any excuses about having a match last night. They brought up Drew McIntyre, and he said, Drew is a problem that I have a week to solve because I'm invoking my rematch clause next week on Raw against Dolph. So, that is on next week's show, Rematch. We'll
0: see. I mean, if he ends up just winning the belt back...
1: Mm, I don't know.
0: That was... Like, what was the point of the...
1: No, I I don't see them doing that at all. I think that this is Rollins' exit from this icy title picture, and I, I see him in that main event at Extreme Rules and being... More of a main player on Raw than hmm. the IC title run. I think I think you went as far as you needed to with the the IC title. Like it's it's nice and all. I think it really it helped Seth beyond anyone's wildest expectations. Uh, but there is still a ceiling to that that title.
0: So okay, let's say it becomes uh, Brock and Braun at Summerslam. Where does Seth Rollins fit in?
1: Um, you know, like- you think it, you think it's going to be Brock, and uh, I'm not convinced it's going to be. Brock and, and Braun at SummerSlam. Um I just I just can't imagine Reigns not being involved in that main event. If he's not in that main event, um I, I could see Rollins y- you always have the the Shield option. Yes. Dean's probably going to be back by SummerSlam. Uh right. that could uh, do something with Seth, even if Reigns is involved in the main event in some way. Um if he if Reigns is not involved, Summerslam is as good a show as any to do the Shield. Three uh, together against some six-man. Mm. So that's one option. 205 Live on Tuesday night, we'll have a three-way with Buddy Murphy, Mustafa Ali, and Hideo Itami. And then the main event, Finn Balor, Braun Strowman against Kevin Owens and Baron Corbin. Uh, Corbin now just wrestles in his vest, dress shirt, and uh, dress pants like he's Chief Morley. Yeah, or a uh, corporate cane corporate Kane. i will say this corbin is much more animated in this uh, character now is he i think he is i think he's more um i I don't know the word animated is the one that comes (laughs) back to me like i think getting rid of the hair has helped well he certainly is less ugly but he's still Uh, pretty
0: ugly and I, i still find him really uninteresting
1: Strowman uh, press-slammed Baller onto both Owens and Corbin on the floor as they went through the break, and then they came back, and Baller was in a rear chin lock. Owens comes in. They pull Baller to the corner and had the heat on him for a long time until Strowman came in and just charged at everybody. Uh, Strowman then shoulder-tackled Owens to the floor, ran at him on the floor, sending both into the timekeeper's area, and Baller countered a choke-slam from Corbin, hit the DDT, running dropkick, but then the coup de grace stopped. And Corbin hits Balor with the end of days and pins Finn. Uh, so Baron was the focus of the main event. And I think that he'll be in that main event as well at Extreme Rules. The, I think that was pretty clear after this.
0: Sure. Yeah. I guess so. So so at this point, we don't know how many people are going to be in this match. But we can assume... Six is probably... Yeah. Round number. Wouldn't you assume all pretty much at least the three of the four, excluding Braun would be in, in a part of that? Uh, maybe Owens wouldn't be a part of it, but.
1: I see, I see Lashley, Reigns, Corbin, Elias, Rollins, and then the sixth spot, maybe Balor. Maybe mm-hmm. he gets, um, maybe he's going to kind of feud with Baron leading into this pay-per-view and then Balor's involved. Uh, so those would be my six. And then you do Owens and Str- uh, Stroman on the side. Yeah, and, sure. And, and Bobby Roode and Jinder Mahal are just gone from this main event mix. Mm. <laughs> Maybe they're gonna have a feud. Very possible. Yeah, exciting yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, what did you What did you make of Raw?
0: Well, uh, it started off really strong. I thought the Ronda segment definitely uh, was probably the hottest of the entire show. Um, I thought he, she was great in it. I thought Alexa was great. I kind of look forward to that program. Um, beyond that you know the the Rollins win was shocking. I thought that delivered a you know a good reason to watch this show um I'm trying to think what else Bailey Sasha like they finally broke up I guess if you care about that um what an episode you know like for three hours it doesn't really sound like much and I'll say like the main event for me like just did not feel like a main event at all like it just it it was it was a match that had no reason to really exist and had no uh, consequence whatsoever so a a lot of matches that didn't really matter uh some some important storyline development i'd say though
1: yeah i would say this was a show that relied much more heavily on uh storyline advancement obviously doing the title change was a big surprise uh but Kind of doing this show in reverse, like you got all Mm -hmm. the key stuff at the beginning, like the main event segment was the first segment with Ronda, and then you did the title change after that. And beyond that, I would say, well, they've announced this match for Extreme Rules, where we know two of the participants, and that was the major stuff you would have missed if you missed the last two hours of the show.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I wouldn't recommend any of the matches you go out of your way to see in those two hours that followed it so Mm -hmm. this was a raw you could have um dedicated about 40 minutes to and been fine with so uh that was the episode let us go to the forum now and get some feedback here and then we'll uh quickly go through the uh the news they have announced about the the g1 uh tonight's show got a 5.89 rating maybe a little higher than i assumed but let us see what everyone had to say Chris from Virginia, I love the opening of Raw. This is the Ronda Rousey I want to see, and it develops her character more. Do not pick on Ronda Rousey, ripe or unripe. I also like the icy title match and was shocked by the title switch. The problem is that the rest of the show was somewhat forgettable in comparison, especially in the third, fourth reboot to the Banks-Bailey feud. I'm giving the show a six as the first hour is well done. My question to you guys is, who do you think will ultimately face Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. Braun was seemingly that guy after last night, but tonight's show seems to make Strowman just waiting for whenever Lesnar shows up, period.
0: Mm, right. Right. Mm. I guess, I mean, it, of, of all the competitors, if you're not including Braun in that uh, multi-man match at Extreme Rules, I mean, Rollins seems like, I mean, <laughs> Roman, I guess, is always lingering, but my, my choice would certainly be Rollins.
1: You don't see Lashley as any kind of a left field uh, pick. That He's they... not.
0: No, not nearly hard enough. Don't you feel? Like, I know nothing about him.
1: Other no. Other than he he's has three de- sisters. He's definitely not. Um, he's coming um, off of, like, one of the worst feuds of the year. I just, I just wonder how much that is a match that, you know, have they. Like, what was the thinking about signing Bobby Lashley? Because that was the talk at the time was that, man, Lashley and Lesnar. That'd be a great match to put together. Did well, they did they have any of those thoughts when they signed Lashley? Because Lesnar is, only has a few more matches left, presumably. Um, yeah. Do they want to use one on on a Lashley? Just because maybe that was a match they always wanted to do years ago and never I, got to. I definitely feel like there is interest in that match. If you
0: actually just treat the two of them like the moment those two have a stare down, I think the place will will go
1: like react pretty well. Right. Um,
0: but now is not the time to do it. Not after that. Awful Sami Zayn feud.
1: I would take that over Lesnar and Reigns at SummerSlam. Uh, yeah,
0: of course. Yeah, I would take Take Bobby Roode. I take Jinder Mahal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Alright, let's continue.
0: Okay, we go to Sean from Toronto. I admit the first thing that entered my mind when Ronda Rousey was suspended for thirty days was will she be back before Raw in Toronto? Before realizing that the Toronto Raw is at the end of August. Either way, I like that opening segment, and it is probably smart to put the feud with Alexa Bliss. On the back burner. Probably the biggest thing that stood out for me was the rest of the show was oddly the unexpected appearance and win by Mojo Rawley, who I almost forgot was on Raw. That and the fact that it was probably not the best idea to have Baron Corbin wrestle and sweat in a dress shirt and vest. A lot of sweat
1: between Kurt and Baron on this show.
0: It's hot right now.
1: Man, they need some um per- antiperspirant or something. You know who is... The real unfortunate party coming out of Money in the Bank and even tonight's show as well with this 30 day suspension, Natalia. Hmm. Like she went from everyone assuming she was getting this big program with Rhonda to, I mean, now she's her best friend is gone for the next month. So she's kind of just existing. We'll um, see.
0: We'll see. I mean, if it I mean, really. If they do plan on, like, continuing that storyline with with Ronda and and, uh, Natalia, they have a lot of work to do with Natalia, you know, in trying to convince us that that she is a a good, good guy.
1: Jesse from The Six. I mostly enjoyed Money in the Bank last night, so I decided to give Raw a chance. After I saw Dolph Ziggler holding the IC title aloft, I determined that I had made the wrong decision and switched it off. Who could actually care about Dolph Ziggler? Rollins is one of the few characters the WWE has that is actually connecting uh, with the audience. Idiots. But last night, combined with what I watched tonight, did lead me to one conclusion. You guys are not exaggerating about Coachman. It's like he's never seen a wrestling show before. He lacks basic knowledge of what the product is and talks over the obvious big points in matches. He has Art Donovan-leveled bad, but without the bemused comedic value. Damn,
0: Jesse. Uh, I would take Art Donovan, like, in a heartbeat. (laughs) Mark from Those awkward segments with R- Ronda earlier in the year feel like eons ago. She's been hitting at around 90% since the build to Mania, and I'm loving the rebellious presentation similar to Stone Cold. Question, do you think there's anyone that could be in the Extreme Rules match that would be a better opponent for Brock at SummerSlam than Braun? I really don't think he needed that briefcase. Are we headed towards a triple threat match? Um, better than Braun. Again, Rollins, I feel like, you know would be a great opponent for Brock at this level. Oh, he'd
1: be, he'd be a great opponent. I just don't, I don't see that one at all. Um, But yeah, that, that would be a great match. Um, I, I love the idea of a Lesnar Lashley proper build. Um, But you're right. Lashley is not there at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, yeah, there are options. If you, if you wanted to go a different route uh, beyond Lesnar and reigns, Uh, Those options are there. The fact Braun has the briefcase, I feel he's going to be um, just kind of lingering over that match as opposed to being involved in it uh, heading into SummerSlam. That would be my assumption. Jay from Colorado. Overall, I'm really happy with the direction of Raw last night and tonight. Ronda has far exceeded my expectations, and my 2017 self would be shocked that my 2018 self is excited about Dolph Ziggler. Just get that title off Brock, and I'll be a happy camper. One of my downsides, though, is the use or misuse of the Broken Universe. It seems like the only time we get any hint of the Broken Universe outside of Matt Hardy is during the Hardy-Wyatt intros, where Cole complains about the harassment he he receives from the various members of the Broken Universe. Most casual fans aren't going to look to Michael Cole's Twitter for answers. They need to bring in more Broken Universe stuff, even if it's only 30-second vignettes. Dressing up Bo Dallas to look like Bray was a mistake, the two of them look way too similar, and it probably confused fans. They could be brothers.
0: Mm-hmm. i agree i i mean i'm still waiting for them to introduce more more of the broken universe characters um you know obviously they have the footage now that they can use to explain um hey this stuff took place and it was really cool so i don't know i you know.
1: i have so much to discuss about
0: that that 24 uh, i look forward Way. to talking about so, it. so okay let's wrap go, this folks. up then quickly yep. we go to mj from nj Enjoyed the first hour of Raw, but definitely hit a major wall by the final hour. They haven't had a meaningful main event segment in weeks, it feels like, and I wonder if that's by design. I suspect Ambrose may come back to help Rollins versus Dolphin Drew. Did you see that tweet by Drew over the weekend? It made me like his new edge that much more, calling out the locker room.
1: Yeah, he put out a tweet, for those that didn't see it, pretty much praising the TakeOver show, and kind of trying to, I guess, like light a fire under the... The main roster, which is kind of the character that he's doing now is kind of bashing the locker room on TV as well. Mm. But he was doing so in like praising takeover that essentially telling the main roster to live up to that show on Saturday. Do you you have an update on Ambrose or or know his status? He was apparently spotted at the performance center where he's been. um, It it looks like he's pretty close to returning. Uh, Mm. He's been out since December, so he should be back. Relatively soon would be my guess. I don't know mm-hmm. the exact uh, timetable for his return, though. Okay. Well, that's exciting. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, he's been gone a while. I, I hope that he comes back with some changes. And I hope he comes back as a heel. You know, that would be tremendous. And, and do him versus Rollins right, right out the gate. I'd be fine. That's, that feels like a feud that you, you flip the roles from the, mm-hmm. pr- the prior feud. I think that'd be a great feud for Rollins. Mm-hmm. uh last one here is matt from melbourne who's uh, posting on the f- for the first time what a good showing by ronda on raw followed by her great performance last night first time in a while i'm actually excited about anything on the re- main roster her presence and star power cannot be denied just keep her off the mic as much as possible surprise rollins dropped the title but excited to see where they go with the ziggler mcintyre alliance overall slightly above average uh raw okay thanks folks for your feedback and before we go just quickly want to uh Read off the uh, the G1 announcements uh, that they have made and get Way's reaction as well. Uh, so on Monday, they announced the blocks for each side. So we haven't even read the participants yet on this show. So here is who is going to make up the, the 20 men in this year's G1, which begins July 14th and will run through August the 12th, which will encompass 19 shows, uh, which are all going to be broadcast in English on New Japan World. So in block A, we have Kazuchika Okada, which this is the first time since 2014 he's gone into the tournament without the title, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Minoru Suzuki, Michael Elgin, Jay White, Evil, Bad Luck Fale, Hangman Page, Togi Makabe, and Yoshihashi. And then in block B, we have Kenny Omega, Kota Ibushi, Tatsuya Naito, Zack Sabre Jr., Tomohiro Ishii, Hiroki Goto, Juice Robinson, Sonata, Tamatonga, and yes, Toro Mm-hmm. So. N- uh. Not a, uh, not a ton of surprises, uh, in terms of announcements. I think that you could figure out this field going in. Um, obviously the big ones in block B, which just looks loaded, mm-hmm. you're going to get Kenny Omega against Kota Abushi. Uh, Abushi even posted a tweet announcing that his ban from Budokan Hall has been lifted, um, uh, which as <laughs> soon as he was an- announced for this tournament, I think everyone could have assumed that. But you're, you're going to get, uh, Omega and Abushi, uh, Presumably, I would I would book that for Budokan Hall in uh, the B block finals on Mm -hmm. that the night before the finals. Um, On the A block, you'll get Okada against Tanahashi again. Uh, You'll also get uh, Okada and Tanahashi doing singles matches with Minoru Suzuki. Those should be entertaining. Uh, Omega and Zack Saber Jr. have never had a singles match together, so they'll have a match in the tournament. Omega and Naito, who uh, have just Blown the roof off uh, last year's final and the year prior in the B-Block final. Uh, the B-Block also has Ishii in it. So, um, yeah, both sides have uh, a ton attached to it. Um, so, yeah, this is, this is probably going to be another really, really uh, loaded G1 Climax. And uh, stay tuned in the days to come as, as Wei and I will announce post-wrestling's coverage uh, for the G1 as we finalize our plans.
0: There are a lot of shows to watch a lot of matches to watch so uh we will definitely do our best
1: yeah i'm really glad that wwe has decided to take the month of uh, july and august off so we can focus on this because i i don't know if i could keep up with everything Mm -hmm. uh so there you go that's uh that's the g1 announcements and uh yeah just in terms of the 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 NXT UK stuff, they officially announced a a uh, NXT UK brand at the show on Monday at Royal Albert Hall. Uh, They're going to start tapings uh, at the end of July in Cambridge, and they'll be doing monthly uh, two-night tapings. Uh, They haven't announced an outlet yet uh, for the shows. Uh, I guess, worst case, if they don't land a deal, it can just be on the WWE Network, but they're going to have, in addition to the UK title that's in existence, they're going to be adding a women's title. And a tag title as well. So they announced that at the show uh, in uh, Royal Albert Albert Hall on Monday. Yeah, really interesting
0: to think about how big this roster is going to be for for this NXT UK. I mean, in particular, not just with the men's, who we know, I think, the bulk of the the roster, but the women's division. Are they going to find enough women that are UK-based to fill this new brand?
1: Yeah, and... You know, what kind of crossover will you see? Will you like for these tapings? It's twice a month. You could send some NXT talent over there. You could you could borrow from, you know, uh, you know, take a woman that's not doing much on the main roster, send her over for two nights in England and she's on TV for four weeks. You could do that kind of thing. Um, I'm sure they're going to be. They've already been signing up uh, a lot of people as well. And this is kind of the first step. Like they want to have these NXT brands worldwide in multiple regions. And the UK is going to be the first international footprint. And I would completely envision that they're going to be doing UK takeovers, um, have, have those several times a year and have this as a you know fully functioning touring group at some point um, beyond just television.
0: Well, what does it mean for somebody like a Pete Dunne, you know, who um, I think from this, we can assume might make fewer appearances in NXT proper. Like how long will he be a part of quote unquote NXT and
1: and not the main roster? I think that this uh, significantly holds him away from the main roster. I'm sure he's going to be one of the key people this brand is built around because he's had all of that exposure. I think him and Tyler Bate, are gonna be attached to this for the foreseeable future Mm -hmm. um and you know that's going to be something that's gonna be tough you're trying to establish these other international brands and you want people with name recognition Uh, a lot of these names their goal is not to be at an nxt level regardless of where it is in the world they want to be on the main roster like that is where the real significant money is made for a lot of these guys um on the other side of things, if you're Pete Dunn or Tyler Bate, and your option is this versus two o five live, this is probably pretty appealing and yeah. there's there's nothing to say that some of these guys may end up going back and forth that you could still have like it's it's only right now two times a month that you would be needed for to sustain this television that they're running. They're not True. at this point where they're touring every weekend and taking this all over. Uh, the continent or anything like that it's it's two dates a month which is very feasible for some of these guys that you can have them doing NXT live events you could even have them some guys on the main roster and they still could uh, dovetail over to the UK brand so I think there's a lot of questions still that people are going to have regarding this but I I think it's a positive move I think this was inevitable that they would be launching this the big question is will they be able to get actual television for this and uh, another they're in the midst of uh, renegotiating their their television package in the UK. Uh, does this become part of whatever package it is that they uh, sign with in the UK? Mm-hmm. All right. So that's going to bring an end to this show. Uh, So thank you for listening. Uh, If you want to hear more from us, you can go on over to postwrestlingcafe.com. We have a show up there discussing the new 24 special on the Hardys, as well as Wade's review of Total Bellas. It's the Rewind to Raw overrun. So go check that out. And if not, we will chat with you Tuesday night following SmackDown and the two-hour marathon match.